Hi guys, I'm Nick Bester. I'm the founder of Best Athletics and I'm joined by Amy Walker, a very key figure in Best Athletics. We work on the same team. Teamwork makes the dream work. Um, yeah, we've been working together for about seven to eight months now and it's been incredible. I think so. She'll she'll tell you her side of the story in a bit. Um, but before we get into today's chats, I just want to take um, a moment to recognize a, a very special athlete uh, in our running community that's or sort of globally in the global running community that we've lost recently. Calvin Kipton, as I'm sure you know, was involved in a car accident with his coach. I know there was another female in the car uh, who's currently in hospital, hopefully recovering. And um, yeah, it was just a shock to the system, I think, to all of us. Um, it was sort of when we woke up here in the UK and we, we saw those messages, I think a lot of us was sort of hoping it was one of those fake news stories and we didn't want to believe it. We all know he had Rotterdam coming up in a few months' time and we couldn't wait to see him smash too. So uh, as someone that's inspired me personally and a lot of the athletes that I coach, a lot of runners in general, um, after what he had done in his 24 years on this earth, such a small time, um, and the progression he made in the marathon, like it was almost almost certain that he was going to break two hours one day. And, um, you know, it's he's been a huge motivating factor in my training and in what I do. So, yeah, it's been a massive loss. Um, but at the end of the day, I think we should try and take the positives that we can and learn from exactly his approach towards life, marathon training, not try and replicate it because he was one, literally one in a kind. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's always important to sort of process these things as well. Um, okay, so on a separate note, um, catching up with Amy today, we've got a lot of things to discuss about um, her recent travel to Kenya, a lot of stuff to discuss about what's happening within Best Athletics. Um, and, you know, I just want to say, first of all, happy Pancake Day, Amy. Um, I hope you're making the most of it. And I know you're a bit of a foodie. Did you have pancakes this morning for breakfast before track session or after track session? So it definitely happened after track or else they, they would have been on the track. But yeah, me and my boyfriend both made some vanilla protein pancakes with all the toppings and lots of peanut butter that you would obviously love. <laughs> um, but yeah, like awesome track session this morning hosted by yourself. Uh, we did like a down the ladder session. So it was two times four minutes, two times three minutes, two times two minutes, two times one minute, and then a finisher of two times 30 seconds, which just feels like some strides after all of that but um so the aim of the session was to obviously like progress our paces as the time decreased uh and looking at, at back at my Strava it was a really nice satisfying graph of the paces just going up so which is always nice to see um and like yeah lots of us down the track this morning and it's such a vibe um and it's just so lovely how everyone has their own like little pack and we just kind of work together as a team to pull each other along and it definitely keeps you going and just focus on the rep and everyone around you so yeah super great start to the tuesday very cool very cool i loved it obviously i, I do a lot of my track or interval sessions after nursery drop in the morning so unfortunately i have to do a lot of them by myself but when i do get to come to a team session it's incredible just the energy you draw off people uh you're just able to find that extra gear pacing you run a bit quicker for slightly less effort and uh it's very very cool and it's no wonder why uh, you know, people in Kenya and Ethiopia train in big packs because teamwork really does make the dream work. And um, yeah, these sessions are rocking at the moment. Um, for anyone listening now that uh, is keen to join them, so the Best Athletics Track Sessions, they're on a Tuesday morning and evening at Battersea Park, Tuesday morning at 7 a.m., Tuesday evening at 6.30 p.m. And um, if you want to come trial it out and you're not a member, of course, feel free to come join. All abilities are welcome. Everyone runs at their own pace. It's good vibes and long may that continue. 
Okay, so we started the day right with track, boom. We've now come back and, and doing a bit of work. Hope you're not sitting down for too long and, and getting up regularly. Otherwise, that lactate just builds in the legs and you get super stiff. But yeah, on a separate note, um, you recently came back from Kenya. So Kenya is obviously a destination that a lot of us have been wanting to go for a long time. One of the training hubs of the world and, and you know a country where some of the best endurance athletes come from. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about it? Like, what was your expectations going into it? And how did you find the actual experience? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, I've just returned from Etan, like the home of champions. So, obviously, like the East Africans pretty much dominate long distance running. So, that's why I was super intrigued just to experience how exactly they train. And, like, more importantly, what they're doing in between training, because that was like super interesting for me. Um, so after reading the book Running with the Kenyans by uh, Adaran, me and my friend decided just to reach out to him and to see like how he got to go to Kenya and just run with all the Kenyans. So he kindly put us in touch with Godfrey, a very talented Kenyan gold medalist back in his youth. But now he's like one of the kindest men like out there. Um, and he actually is now a coach. On our first day there, he welcomed us, found us in our hotel and just from there like took us under his wing um and we we've had a little group chat on what's that called the uh english caterpillars because from day one he said we're i'm going to turn you from a caterpillar to a butterfly um so we definitely left as butterflies when we left kenya and our first run out in kenya he was in the car in front of us taking us down all the dirt roads and just giving us so many words of encouragement and just supporting us with bottles of water and it was just, yeah, incredible from day one, really. But one of my key learnings from Kenya was pretty much how, like, dedicated they are to their training, but just, like, the simplicity of their environment. It was just so humbling just to see, like, their lifestyle and how it's just kind of, it seems so stress-free, definitely compared to London life. Um, you just haven't got that, all the traffic and all, like, the, you know, being wired and constantly on the go. Uh, and I just felt like they were so hyper-focused on their running and just completely immersed in their environment. And like their lack of like watches, gadgets and kind of all like the lactate testing and stuff has always intrigued me to why like they're still so successful, but like, which just really shows how the environment just is so important to the training essentially. So yeah, yeah, really good experience. Yeah, I mean, from from what you see, they live such a basic life and um I think life for us here based in London is, well, I don't think, I know it's obviously very different. There's a lot more life pressures, a lot more intense. So it must be nice to just go there and focus on just you and training and, um, you know, the natural beautiness of, of a country. Okay. So basically I know, uh, and tell me if this is the case. I, I know from a lot of people that have been previously, obviously like a lot of the Kenyan runners don't necessarily run with GPS watches Strava is not a big thing there. Strava in our world is sort of like everything. If it's not on Strava, it doesn't count. So they're not doing much training that side. Um, but often, um, for what I've seen is you'll go on a run or, or, you know, someone will go on a run and people will just join you along the way. Like some kids will run next to you for a little bit because, you know, it's someone to run with and keep you company. Did you experience that? Did people join on your runs? Were there a lot of kids that just ran next to you for the fun of it? <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Like, yeah, so from like 5am in the morning, you just, runners will be out there running. And yeah, we definitely had a few, you know, school children just tag along. And especially because we're from England, they just find you so fascinating. And they're always asking how you are and just look so inspired. And yeah, they're just running in their shoes and their bare feet and their school uniform, just running next to you, which is 
yeah, just amazing. And everyone's in their own little tribe. Like you rarely find anyone running alone, which is all with like headphones in or anything like that. They're just out in nature and just, yeah, listening to their actual, you know, bodies and their feet hitting the ground essentially. But yeah, no, it was just amazing. And they're just like how their approach to running is just so like professional. And even if they are in groups, they're barely talking. So there's no like chit chat or anything like that. It's kind of just focusing on the run and they're just running so smoothly side by side. And yeah, just crazy. The fact that I was probably just running past Olympians like on a daily basis. And for me, like their double run days really helped. And the, the softer ground was just like really beneficial, especially I've had a hamstring injury for like seven months now. But out in Kenya, it was it didn't even exist, which I don't know if that's just the magic of the air or it was more to do with like the ground and just yeah, good recovery and just yeah, focusing less on life stresses and more just yeah, on training and nutrition and recovery really. I think that probably had a big part to do with it. You you're focusing solely on your training, nutrition, recovery, that your body's allow you're allowing your body to recover to be able to handle the load and the training that, that's coming along with it. Um Okay, so how did you find the training structure? So obviously, like compared to the structure that we do, a lot of our athletes do it. We just do it on, on different levels at different intensities. How much did the Kenyan style of training differ from in, in structure to ours? And how did you find it? How did the body adapt? Yeah, so I guess like every day was a double run day. So it'd be morning run, evening run. Uh, and very similar to us, they have their track sessions on a Tuesday. Uh, so I went to the Camerini track, which was like opened by Queen Elizabeth before she was actually queen in like 1950, I believe. But that was such a cool experience. And it was actually quite a wet morning. So the track was like muddy. So they had to like do loads of work on it just to like smooth it out and make sure that like mud wasn't going everywhere. So they do their track sessions then. And then on Thursdays, nine o'clock, religiously, they do a classic Kenyan fartlek, which we do at Adidas in London, which is which is crazy. Um, so it's like variations of like one minute on, one minute off, two minute on, one minute off. And then they had two different separate loops going on. So they had like a London marathon focused one, which is a bit flatter, still hilly, and a Boston one, which obviously definitely had the hills. And they do that for about 15k uh, worth of work, which is which is a lot. So it could be like 30 times one minute on, one minute off, which, yeah, back in London, we do about 16. So yeah, it's a lot of work. And so yeah, double run days. Saturday was their long run day. And then Sunday was complete rest. Barely, like barely anyone ran. And if you did see runners, they'd normally be like European. So they do really take their recovery serious as well. So that was that was really like eye-opening for me as well. I thought they'd just be like running all the time continuously. But yeah, lots of massages as well, which are only three pounds out in Kenya <laughs> for an hour. <laughs> wow, I, I can't believe that. Three, three pounds. I mean, yeah, in London, what's the average price in an hour? Probably like 60 to 90 pounds. Absolutely. And, and you said it was top quality. Yeah. Yeah, so good, like really good. Like after a like a heavy session, yeah, it was painful, but sometimes it was just like really relaxing and I fell asleep, like so good, just releasing all the, you know, all the niggles you've got. So I think that obviously helped as well, like loads, just having a massage every other day, which yeah, nice, was super nice. cool. Well, clearly that structure, which is not too dissimilar to ours, but you're focusing on a lot more recovery mm. um, and the softer ground helped you a lot because you came back absolutely flying at the first session I saw you at uh, with the Adidas mm. runners. 
Um, okay, so how did you find the altitude? Obviously, here in London, I think we're 11 meters above sea level. Um, in I ten in Kenya, you were 2,400 meters above sea level, so very high altitude. How did the body adapt? And did you actually feel a significant difference in pacing? And did you feel a significant difference when you got back to altitude here, like you had gotten stronger? Mm, yeah, so like... I feel like I was very like wary of altitude. I was quite worried about how my body was going to react. Um, but the first run I went on, it I think other than the hills, it like compared to London, it didn't feel that different. Um, and yeah, it didn't really affect me too much. I guess like we made sure that we reduced, reduced our volume of training in the first week by like 25%. Um, even though we were running double days, it was like quite short, short little runs and just kept the intensity down just to let our bodies kind of adapt and just yeah super important to make sure that we are like fueling properly hydrating um and just yeah allowing our bodies to adapt to the altitude but yeah so like I guess I got altitude sickness in my second week <laughs> but it I didn't actually feel the effects until it like completely turned on me and I was quite sick but so that kind of just really highlighted to me the fact you've got to be super careful and not push your body even though you feel good sometimes you do have to just be a little bit wary um, and kind of listening to like the internal load that you normally use back at home and then kind of transferring that to Kenya and actually holding back even though yeah you do feel good in the first week and I think they say like in the like second or third week it's fine to go back up to normal but just keep the intensity like reduced by like 10 percent and just really dial in on your rest so yeah no other than getting ill <laughs> it was all good and then coming back yeah I felt I felt really good and like hitting paces that I haven't hit for a while which was yeah really reassuring and like encouraging good to start the year off really nice nice you came back to London with uh some excess red blood cells in your system from Kenya so um yeah, <laughs> absolutely you, you were flying with those um okay so often we see uh Kenyans and Ethiopians doing track drills and their rhythm looks amazing you see it on social media it makes the coolest videos I don't have that rhythm at all. Um, and I probably would embarrass myself if I tried. Did you do any of the track drills with them? Did you see them doing it? Uh, did you fit in? How was that? Yeah, we did see them do it. Um, I think it's just like perfect practice makes perfect, really. Like they're always doing it and they're just so drilled on it. And their coaches are very strict about like their form and everything. Um, and I guess doing it together, they kind of like pick each other's like rhythm up so it's kind of like a dance <laughs> but yeah it looks super cool uh and we did get involved and yeah I taught my friend Elsa who came with me how to do some drills that she has actually never done proper drills before so all the A skips B skips and the you know the straight leg runs nice lots of strides so it was cool and we jumped in in a Kenyan core workout which was yeah 20 minutes of like brutalness but yeah <laughs> the core was burning after but yeah, super cool. Kenyan core just has a sound to it. Like, oh man, my yeah, my abs get stiff just thinking about Kenyan core. <laughs> but yeah, so you know what? It's it, honestly you came back, and from the sounds of it, it sounds incredible. Like you know, it sounds appealing. We have to go there sometime. We've discussed it, but are we going to turn it into one of the best athletics training camps next year? We obviously have around three camps a year. When are you thinking we should do it, and are we definitely going to do it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I really want to get BA out there. I spoke to Godfrey, who obviously helped us when we were out there, and he was super keen to like meet my, you know, athletics club. And I showed him the colours. I did, I did a cross country race in blue and white, so he's he's seen it all before. And yeah, he was really keen to 
host us and bring like a few members out there. So yeah, thinking January 2025. And I think Coach Jack is keen to jump on. So we're going to have a little chat and get things, you know, working and organized. And yeah, just check out our socials and hopefully uh, Kenya 2025 will be out there. Amazing, amazing. Um, Yeah, we'll have to take some kit for Godfrey as well. So I'm sure he'll, yeah. he'll still be there. But um, that's very cool. And best athletics training camp Kenya next year. Oh man, I can't wait. That's going to be something special. Uh, as soon as we have dates, we'll we'll uh, announce so people can put it in their calendars nice and early. On that note on, of training camp, you have one coming up very, very soon in Albufeira, Portugal. Yes. There's about 20 of you going. You and Coach Natalie have been organizing it. I am missing this one. Unfortunately, I'm going to have a whole lot of FOMO. It looks incredible. How's it, how's it shaping up to be? Yeah, really good. Like I've been putting the itinerary together, just like have a bit of structure with our training. Um, and it's all coming along really nicely. Been making little goodie bags, which has like a team Adidas bear, science and sport, gels, protein bars, hydro tabs. And um, we've got some best athletics notebooks and pens because we've got a lady from mine taking some mindfulness sessions, which will be really good. So yeah, it's all coming on along great. Um, and soon we'll be out in the sunshine training, which will be, yeah, really awesome. And it's just so good to have, yeah, 20 members of us out there in the sunshine, just, yeah, training hard and recovering hard. And, so, yeah. and breaking up the UK winter. Exactly. Oh, man, I'm jealous. I wish I could get one of those notepads and books and vests and stuff. But, hey, I suppose if you're not <laughs> We'll save you one. <laughs> okay, cool. We'll keep it, keep it a little secret. <laughs> okay, and then some of the other upcoming camps this year. So we have a UK training camp around September. We thought about doing it the week after or two weeks after the big half. So sort of early to mid-September and we're looking to do that in the new forest. Myself and coach Jess are organizing that so look out for details on that. That's going to be awesome. Probably along either the Southampton promenade or the Woking promenade Little Little Hampton around that sort of area again and then we might potentially do a November training camp at a close international destination something like Portugal once again. It's always a winner just a nice, sunny, um, close location. But if we do, we'll send out comms, that's for sure. Okay, so this past weekend, it was Barcelona half marathon. We obviously had a really good team turnout there. It's one of the best half marathons in the calendar in the year. Times were very quick, despite it being quite windy. Do you want to give us a bit of an update on, on how the team did and how it was? Yeah, yes. Yeah. So we had loads of PBs out of Barcelona. It's always such a vibe, yeah, when best athletics take over a Spain <laughs> so we had like 35 to 40 BA members running so yeah like looking on all the results just some yeah awesome performances really strong and yeah like you said like despite the wind and everything some big PBs ranging from like you know two minutes to like 14 minutes so yeah always a good one and yeah really really good to see yeah everyone's photos and it looked awesome but very cool to see i know you did that half marathon last year uh yeah. i haven't done it yet but definitely one of the lists it's one of the fastest and i think sort of anything in spain at the moment like you can't go wrong there's just you know seville marathon valencia marathon barcelona half everything there is just quick and sunny and awesome so why wouldn't we flock there okay so you know we're about nine weeks out by the time you listen to this probably about eight weeks out from manchester marathon we've got huge team takeovers for manchester and in the following week london for manchester we were actually very lucky adidas we were supported by adidas and they asked how many runners in our club won entries so i popped it on the on the whatsapp group uh 31 people said yes so I thought we'd have to do some sort of raffle and Adidas came back to us and said, sweet, 31 entries it is. So 
That was incredibly awesome and epic by Adidas. So thank you so much for that. And that means we've got over 50 people doing Manchester. So we're actually thinking about organizing a team bus from London on the Saturday, going through and then coming back after the marathon on the Sunday afternoon. I think that could be very cool. Even if it's, you know, an hour or two longer than a car or trains, I think a team bus will be cool. So we'll try to organize that. I'm personally targeting Manchester, so I'm going to give it my absolute all. And I know quite a few people are as well. And then the week after is London Marathon. So London, we've, yeah, we're looking likely that we'll have over 100 members once again there this year. Amy, this is your debut marathon. Never done the marathon distance. How are you feeling ahead of London? Uh, yeah, let us know your thoughts super scared to be honest like a marathon has always been on my cards like since I was so young I've always wanted to do the London Marathon and I think it's be it's the last year that they're taking half marathon uh championship entry time so I was like this has to be the year <laughs> I didn't feel ready but when do you feel ready so yeah the training seems to be going really well I've done like a couple of marathon pace focus sessions and it seems okay but well, yeah, we'll see on the day, but there's so much that could go wrong in three hours, but you've got to focus on what's going to go right. So yeah, I'm really excited. Um, and Nick's been coaching me through. So yeah, all faith in him as well. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, let's let's think positive. It's going to go well. And um, yeah, you know that the longer runs have just started getting juicy and picking up and you've absolutely nailed them. So, you know, as long as we stay on top of that hamstring and cross train if we need to, but get those key longer runs in where we can, then uh, I have no doubt you'll you'll nail it. You're in really good form and, and hopefully we can build on that over the next eight weeks. Not hopefully, we will build on that over the next eight weeks. I will obviously be there and I was going to say I'll clear the way for you and throw some good luck seeds as we go. But a marathon's a marathon. Anything can happen and you might be in front of me clearing the way. So we'll, we'll see how the day goes. But it's creeping up nice and fast, that's for sure. Uh, we've got another race. Maybe by the time you listen to this podcast, it's already been the second one. Um, so we started a race series this year, something we've been wanting to do for a while. The best race series, 5 and 10K at Battersea. Race three and four, we're adding in a half marathon as well. So it's a certified route, one of the quickest routes in London. Battersea is sort of like our favorite playground. It's our local park, let's say. And the first one went really well. And this one, they're shaping up to be a few more people. And yeah, I can't wait. I'm, I'll be on, on the mics getting people going. And um, hopefully, oh, definitely, I'm sure there'll be some speedy, speedy, speedy times again. And it's all about just good vibes, like, you know, everyone's welcome to join and we'd love to have you at the future events. The feedback from the first one was amazing and I'm sure for the second and the rest to come will be awesome as well. And then finally, we've got Kit coming in very, very soon. By the time you listen to this, it definitely would have landed. We're getting new track jackets, which Amy suggested. So thanks for that suggestion. They're sort of like cotton uh, track hoodies. And um, yeah, there's a whole bunch of kits. I know there's been a lot of orders and we outstanding. So we'll fulfill those first, but it is a massive order and they'll definitely be stock. So yeah, if you listen to this and keen to get some kits, get it sooner rather than later because it tends to go quite quickly. Great to chat to you, Amy. Great to chat to you too, Nick. Quickly, before you go, how has your time mm -hmm. being, you know, full-time employed at Best Athletics been? And yeah, where to from here? Yeah, it's been super crazy, but like all good. Like, yeah, it, some, it just doesn't feel like a job. It just feels like I enjoy like so much of it. Um, and there's so many different avenues that I can just delve into. So it's, it's never a dull moment, but yeah, it's really, it's really great. And it's, yeah, so good nice. to work alongside you as well. Cool. Um, cool. And all the exciting things that we always have coming up. So loads of amazing, amazing opportunities. Um, but yeah, it's such a good club to be part of. Um, and especially working for them, it's just... 
yeah, super cool to be involved in the running world, especially like now I've started coaching as well, which is super satisfying having your own little athletes and just seeing how they get on 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 all their training sessions and their races. So yeah, really exciting to see what happens going forward. Wow, what a journey it's been. It's only been eight months and you're already coaching about eight or so clients and growing very quickly. So very cool to see, love working alongside you too. And uh, there is never dull moments. I feel like every day there's something different that keeps us on on our toes, but we wouldn't want it any other way. So yeah, thanks for for absolutely dominating the work and onwards and upwards we go. Great to chat to you today. You too, Nick. <laughs> so good to catch up with Amy about all things Kenya and I personally cannot wait to go and train in Kenya next year sounds very appealing but yeah on to the next guest of the episode uh, he's a very special guest his name is Tom Adams Tom is taking on a crazy challenge he's doing eight marathons in eight weeks not so long ago I did four marathons in four weeks and that was enough for me um, so Tom's taking it to the next level Welcome, Tom. Do you want to tell us how the training is going? I know you're starting very soon with Tokyo Marathon, finishing off with the the best marathon in the world, London Marathon. Tell us how the training's been and, and why you're doing it. Yeah, thank you. thanks for having me on, Nick. Um, training's going well. I'm feeling feeling fit. Got three weeks, just under three weeks to go now. So it was the final long run of the block on Sunday, uh, just over 20 miles. And like you said, yes, Tokyo week one. Feeling, uh, feeling like I'm going to attack it and go for a PB. You know, uh, it's obviously the best one for the PB. It's the only one where I won't be carrying any form of fatigue. Um, so it's a good course, isn't it? It's a flat course. But um, I'm actually just looking forward to all eight, you know, as a, as a runner and a marathon runner. What a privilege it is to be able to do eight marathons in eight weeks. You know, it's, it's what we train for, right? It's, you know, all the training that we do is is is, is enjoyable as well and all part of the experience. But... Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a hell of a challenge, and I'm I'm very much looking forward to to the challenge. Cool, cool. No, I think you're going to get stronger by the marathon, and um, by the time London London comes, you're going to be super, super, super strong. Um, okay, so for those of you that that don't know, I'm actually Tom's coach, and I probably wouldn't recommend doing eight marathons in eight weeks, but sometimes in life you've got to take on crazy, ridiculous challenges. Uh, and when he told me about it, I was like, okay, cool. You know, I'll support you as best as possible and let's prepare you as best as possible. So what we did was you had a really good base towards the end of last year. You had some really good sharp end speed. But you know what? We didn't want to lose that. You're a good performance runner, but we needed to get in that mileage. And I know we got to a stage where we were quite hampered with some niggles. And, you know, when you start picking up mileage um, significantly to be able to handle a challenge like this, you're always going to get one or two niggles. Some you can sort of, you know, work on. Some you need to stop and cross-train. And um, I think that's where you've done really well is you haven't forced things. You've put in a hell of a lot of cross-training. And, um, yeah, I think we can both say when you get to that start line at Tokyo very shortly that you've put in the work required and you've done what you can to give yourself a good chance. I just love the way that it's lined up so nicely that you start with a major and finish with a major is just awesome okay so tell us how much prep has gone into this obviously the eight marathons are you know different countries do you want to quickly run through all eight of them and tell us what's your approach you said you're racing tokyo how are the other seven looking are you going to pace so you're going to just try and get the best average time across all of them let us know yeah well i haven't really said this out loud too much because it's um a bit of a commitment with regard to like the fatigue factor etc and recovery but i would love to hit all under three hours, bar Litchfield, which is week five, which I'm seeing as a bit of a rest week. So Tokyo and the Cambridge Boundary Marathon week 
So week three is the Great Welsh Marathon. It's quite a, a biggest marathon in, in Wales, I'm led to believe. Skegness. I've put two marathons back to back, which are out and back. So Skeggy, beautiful Skegness uh, on the Saturday morning. I've already just touched on on week five. That's our, our main fundraiser. So um, and then I'll travel to Brighton. Obviously, Boston is a big major. That will be my sixth star as well. So. Um, and then finish off, yeah, London. Um, hoping to come down on Friday so I can come and do the big out at Buckingham Palace on the Saturday morning. See a few of you guys and a few of my friends are doing London as well. So very much looking forward to uh, to to the, the icing on the cake, cherry, the cherry on on top of the cake, London to finish. So uh, yeah, plenty of, plenty of traveling around. Um, I was going to sort of ask you, Nick. You said you did your your four and four. Uh, how you found all the travelling? Because that's probably one of our biggest concerns. Lots of air, airports, aeroplane food, etc. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So it'd be interesting. Yeah. So oh, I love the fact that you know what I think the trickiest part might just be Boston to London because Boston's obviously on the Monday, six day turnaround, America time, back to UK time. But if you come to the shakeout on the Saturday, that better day shakeout will will definitely um, give you a buzz and and give you uh, you know a bit more. For ahead ahead of London, that's for sure. But yeah, it feels like we're at that pre-London marathon shakeout just the other day. It's amazing how quickly these things come by, <laughs> and it's also pretty cool that I, I mean, I was thinking the fact that you can find eight marathons in eight weeks. Like at this day and age, you can also you can almost just decide I want to start on this date and finish on this date, and there's guaranteed to be marathons every weekend. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Maybe a sign that there's more runners, more marathons. Um, and maybe London will open up more entries one day. <laughs> but yeah, you know what? When I did the, the four marathons in four weeks, I, I found the running part probably almost the easiest. Like I'd done quite a bit of b- big mileage heading into it. And a lot of my, you know, my weekly mileage was a lot lower than what it would normally be in training. And, um, you know, my long runs weren't actually the pace at which I ran some of the marathons was actually a bit slower than some of my most, the bulk of my key long runs. So for me, the running part was the easier part, but the hardest part was traveling and um, especially different time zones. So I went Berlin, London, which is quite easy, um, and then Chicago and then Cape Town. So it was like London to America and then America to South Africa. And um, the time difference and jet lag really played a part. But the other big thing was not being able to stay into your routine, especially with you know, we're creatures of habits. A lot of us, we, you know, this is our nutrition. This is our routine. And I wasn't able to have my normal meals that I normally would and stick with my normal routine. Of course not. I was in different countries. So that I found super tricky. And as long as you sort of get that part right, then um, then I promise you the rest of it will actually be a, a bit easier. But do you want to give us a bit more insights as to why you're deciding to do eight and eight weeks? Did you just wake up one morning or... Is there a special reason and cause behind it? Um, and yeah, if you give us more insight, is there maybe you can share a link with us after this to donate? Let us know. Yeah, brilliant. Well, I, I'm raising money for Muscular UK, and more specifically, two brothers, two friends of mine, Gary and Paul Evans. So I, I met the Evans family uh, when I started secondary school, which would have been 1999. And um, yeah. Fortunately, in their early 30s, both Gary and Paul uh, started presenting with, with sort of lack of energy, uh, weakness, tiredness, and it transpires that they've both got muscular dystrophy, um, a, a condition that I'd, I'd not heard of before, which I suppose highlights the importance of 
creating and raising awareness. You know, it sort of goes under the radar, particularly with how much um, motor neuron disease is in the press these days, with a few sportsmen and celebrities being in the press with MND. So, yeah, so I'm raising money for, for muscular dystrophy. Um, so, yeah, uh, definitely, you know, um, close to my heart. And I'm sure if I'm struggling on any of these marathons, I'll be able to just take myself to that place of, you know what, it's it's a privilege to be able to run. I, you know, I think we all need to remind ourselves of that every day when we go out and we've got the youth by that. So yeah, that, that's my why. That's the reason behind it. It's uh, to raise as much money and awareness for this really, really cruel disease. Amazing, amazing. So special. And um, yeah, you know, when the going gets tough, just think of that. That's some huge motivation right there. What a great cause. And we'll be sure to include the link donation link in the description of the podcast okay finally cheat meal after you finished your eighth marathon in eight weeks at the london marathon finish line what is going to be your cheat meal my cheat meal is always pizza i love pizza after a marathon i don't know why so many people say oh surely you want like i don't know chinese and yeah for me you could hand me a large domino's pizza at the finish line i'd be a very very happy man <laughs> Nothing wrong with so that. yeah, uh, I would say Domino's and Guinness will be will be the one. Although I have promised my wife sufficient chips and Skegness after week four, <laughs> and that'll be quite a nice quite a nice calories after after number four. You're burning enough calories. You're burning enough calories. That's for sure. But Joe, thanks so much for for chatting to us and and informing us. We're wishing you all the best here from at, at Best Athletics and just the running community in general. And um, I will see you at London Marathon and tuck in behind me. I've got you. If anyone else listening wants to run 2.45, tuck in. Me and Tom have got you. He'll have a lot of experience by then as well. And yeah, all the best final stretch, last little bit of training and then a big taper. And if you're able to do all eight and sub three, that would be incredible. Next sort of win is if you can average sub three for all eight. And um, yeah, you know, if you don't, then I'm not giving you any recovery. I might give you a marathon after London. So we'll see how that goes, okay? But yeah, great to catch up with yeah, you, Tom, and all the best. Take away that cheat meal if I don't do, it, do an average of under six three, yeah? <laughs> then you get a slice, not a full pizza. Uh, but no, jokes aside, it's awesome. So congrats to you. Thank you so much for having me on and your support. It's brilliant. Pleasure, Tom. Let's go get this, buddy.